Welcome to the ValleyHoopsInsider.com podcast. Uh, ValleyHoopsInsider.com, we like to take a lighthearted but thorough look at the Missouri Valley and Ohio Valley conferences. I'm Harry Schrader, your host, editor of the site. Glad you're with us today. Uh, I want to tell you about some of our sponsors here locally in St. Louis. Rhymes Heating and Cooling, 638-8181. They are an integrity-filled, honest company that will take care of all of your heating and cooling needs. My parents' house, my sister's house, my house. You will love those people. Give them a call, 314-638-8181. Tell them you heard about it right here on valleyhoopsinsider.com. Up in the Bradley and Illinois State area, there's a great golf course, the Rail Golf Course there in Springfield, Illinois, former home of an LPGA stop. I've been playing golf there forever. Listen, call them, tell them you heard about them at valleyhoopsinsider.com. They have a buy one, get one free special just for our readers, our listeners. That's the Rail Golf Course in Springfield, Illinois. And then finally, an outstanding outreach to West African orphans called the Wenpoide Project. You can get all the information from our website, valleyhoopsinsider.com. They reach out to both terminally ill and special needs children, orphans, in West Africa. And uh, I've been there. It's a spectacular place and a spectacular outreach and ministry to the orphans of West Africa. You're listening to the Valley Hoops Insider Podcast. Our guest today is Loyola Chicago Rambler, Lucas Williamson. And Lucas, thanks for uh, joining us today. And uh, I wonder if when you look back at the last couple of years, can you keep it all straight? I mean, the final four, your freshman year, last year kind of in and out with injuries, and, and then you guys are ascending to the top again. Has it been just kind of a crazy three years for you? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's been it's been an exciting collegiate career so far. I mean, um, fre- freshman year, obviously, you have the whole tournament run. I mean, you look back, there's so many memories, not just on the court, but, of course, off the court, traveling with the guys, like, like doing something that's very special, something that hasn't been done in quite some time. And then last year, definitely, like, having – to deal with some adversity, some of the most adversity I've had to deal with in my entire life. Um, I've never really missed games during the season before, and I had to sit out. I had to um, impact my teammates in, in different ways that I wasn't really used to. Um, and then, yeah, and even this season, it had different um, ups and downs and different things that I've had to uh, adjust to. And But, yeah, it's been exciting. It's been exciting, to say the least. Uh, I forget this is the question I was going to ask you first. You wear number one, but your Twitter handle has 2424 in it. <laughs> Tell me about that. Um, I mean, it, that's actually, um, that has to be attributed to Kobe. I mean, uh, I've worn 24 my entire life. Um, I mean, like when I first started playing basketball, like I used to, I used to make the joke that I wore, I was wearing 24 before Kobe, turned, <laughs> before Kobe was wearing 24. There you go. But, um, yeah, like even as a kid, like there's pictures of me, like in playing in a junior NBA, um, playing for the Lakers and having 24 and then all the way up to grade school, still wearing 24, all the way up to high school at Whitney Young, still wearing 24. And the reason why I wasn't wasn't able to wear 24 was because Andre Jackson had 24 when I got here. He was a senior, and um, I could either pick number one or a different number. I was like, all right, now let's go with number one, 
and then we made it to the final four and i was i was thinking about changing my jersey number to 24 but i was like uh well we made it to the final four of number one so i can't really change my jersey number now <laughs> don't want to mess so. with that Right. <laughs> the uh, well, obviously, I, I noticed that you, that was your Twitter number, your your Twitter mm -hmm. handle handle thing there. But my son, my two of my sons, three of my sons, and myself, we all wore twenty four in our various you know in a athletic endeavors over the oh, years. Wow. So it really stood out to me. Obviously, when I noticed it on yours, mm -hmm. take me back to high school a little bit. Whitney Young, you win a couple of uh, state titles. You play with uh, Mr. Okafor and. Yes, you had tremendous success in Chicago, uh, yes, you know, in, in the public league there. Uh, talk about that experience as well, how it formed you as a both a player and a, and a person today before you even got to Loyola. I mean, Chicago is basically, Chicago is what made me. I mean, I am not who I am today without Chicago. I mean, ask anybody. Like, I talk about Chicago probably like five, five times a day. I talk about Whitney Young probably about five to ten times a day. Uh, but playing in the Chicago public league in high school definitely shaped like the, the toughness aspect, the edge that I bring to the game, how I approach the game. Um, just knowing that that's my background, that that's like uh, where I'm from. That's, and I've been blessed. You know, I, my first year I, I played with the pro, I played with Jalil Kafour, I played with guys like Paul White, who's in the G league now, guys like, um, Miles Reynolds, who played with Oklahoma and now is, is pursuing a, a professional career. So, I mean, I've had great role models. And then I was I was blessed to be able to, to leave Whitney Young with the state championship. So, um, just Chicago is, is such a such a big part of who I am and, and, and how I approach the game, how I approach life. Like, um, and that's why I love I love where I am now, Loyola University of Chicago. That's why, that's part of the reason why I wanted to come here and part of the reason why I, I love representing Loyola the way I do. Well, I wondered if that was one of the reasons why you chose Loyola in the first place. I know that Porter Moser is very proud of his ability or desires to recruit uh, guys from the Chicago area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, my mom, mom and dad get to come to every single game. Um, when my friends come back from, from college and they are um, from all over the, the United States, um, they get to come to the few games. I mean, I'm I'm always here, um, but yeah, I mean, I I love I love I love representing the city of Chicago, and it's in a way it's 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 a way for me to give back and and be be a role model for some of the kids that um, that you know are coming up now. Like you can you can you don't have to leave Chicago. You don't have to leave the state in order to play for a good program. You know, you can do it here. There are a lot of there are a lot of good teams. Uh, a lot of good college programs in the city and in the state of Illinois. So your freshman year, uh, you're playing tons of minutes on a team that goes to the Final Four. Did you kind of sit back at the end of the year and say, wow, this college thing, this is easy. I just show up, <laughs> we we play hard, we go to the Final Four. You know, it, what a whirlwind that had to have been. Can you Can you even think back to that freshman year and the, I don't know, the energy, the drive that mm -hmm. was going on during that season? Definitely. I mean, I mean, that's it, that whole experience. I mean, you, you, I mean, that's just something that you kind of had to be alive for. You had to be there to, to really understand like what we're talking about. Um, but in terms of it being easy, definitely, definitely wasn't easy. I mean, I remember I had to, um, 
it took me a while to like like understand like what college basketball was really about. Like if you look back, like during the first few games, I wasn't playing much because it, it, I didn't understand how to play defense. Like I kept fouling because that's, <laughs> the, that's the Chicago Public League is is all hand check. So hand checking was new to me. Um, this moving the ball like the the way um, Coach Porter wants to play like that all that was new to me, and it took me a while to get used to it. But once it clicked, it clicked, and then the culture that we had in the locker room, the type of guys that we had, I mean, it made it really fun to play with them. It made it really fun to, to win games, to grind out games, and, and come out on top. But, I mean, I remember when everything was over and somebody was like, somebody, I forgot who talked, who told me this. They were like, you guys really don't understand what you guys have even done. It was like maybe, I don't know, like like one first few weeks of April, like we had just came back from everything and he said, you don't understand what you've just done. And he was right. Like I <laughs> sat back a couple of weeks later and I was like, man, we, we, did we really just go like we were one of four left in the entire country. Like that's insane. Like, and then I thought back to like the amount of hours that we, we, the coaching staff put in the amount of work that we had to do. And it's just insane, like insane. I'm like, like insane the amount of like time that we put in from June all the way to February, March. Like, it's a lot. It was a lot of work. A it, lot of work. It's a full time job, no doubt. On top of the no scholastic doubt. part no that doubt. you have to do there at Loyola. Um, you're right, though. I mean, it was such a magical season as a guy that covers the valley in a very close and intentional way. Uh, you know, the, all of the whole Missouri Valley conference family, you know, was just rooting for you guys after, after Arch Madness, of course, but, uh, after Arch Madness, now everybody's watching you guys take the next step and the next step and the next step. Mm -hmm. It was just so fascinating and satisfying for people that not only root for the Missouri Valley, but schools outside of those supposed power conferences. Did that add a little bit to it, make it just a little bit more special too, because you were knocking off the supposed big schools? Definitely. I mean, um, because, you know, you and I both know, I mean, the, the competition in the Valley is, is at a high level. Like, we can compete with anybody. I believe we could, like, we can compete with Big Ten. We can compete with SEC. We can compete with we can any one of these teams. Like, you and I, Loyola, like, any one of us can give us a run for Evansville beat Kentucky when they were ranked this year. You know? So, but I feel like not a lot of people know that. So, you got to get on a big stage. You got to go out there. And you got to prove that. You got to show that. So, like, we knew that we were, um, we knew what we had to do in order to beat these teams. You know, we we ne- we didn't go in thinking that, like, a like, we're playing Tennessee. They have one of the best players in the country in Grant Williams. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, no, we were coming in confident, like, prepared, confident. We we knew that, you know, Grant Williams is one of the best players in, in, in the country. But, like, hey, we're one of the best teams in the country. Like, you guys, you have to guard us, too. You know? Yeah. So type of. It was so amazing because you guys were going to every game, big underdogs, and every team mm-hmm. it was bigger than you, more mm-hmm. athletic supposedly than you guys, mm-hmm. and you rarely got off to great starts even. And then right. somehow you're still there at the end, and Dante Ingram hits a jumper. Somebody else makes a jumper. <laughs> and bang, right. oh, we're moving on to the next round. I mean, it was just a storybook kind of a season. Literally. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't write stuff better than that. I mean... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it, it was true. It was truly special. Truly special. We're calling this. Uh, I've been calling your team this like kind of era of of Loyola basketball, the Rambler Revolution. I mean, Co- Coach mm-hmm. Moser got there a number of years ago, and team kind of started heading north, and then joined the Valley, and little hiccup here and there. But but this program has turned the corner as and is now nationally known not just because of the final four i mean obviously that was the big step up but then you guys come back and win the conference championship uh, mm-hmm. again last year and you guys are right there knocking on the door again this year uh you guys have proven that this is a big time real established uh division one power mm-hmm. yeah i mean that was so i remember when we had the end of the year banquet my freshman year and he and coach told everybody that was coming back to stand up and they were like, he said, you guys are now the keepers of the culture. Like the program is now in your hands. Like you have to, you, you get to do whatever it is that you want with it. Like we have this final four, but like, where else do we want to go? Like, do we want to be, um, like, uh, one of those mid majors teams that like is nationally recognized, like, like a Gonzaga, you know, like we could, we could make that step. You know, but we we got to work at it. We got to keep going, and that was that was our whole focus last year. Like we had that high goal again too. Like we wanted to make it. We wanted to make it back to the to the tournament again. You know, I mean, uh, we got beat by a good Bradley team, but that that's that's always our goal. Like that's always our standards now. You know, so that's 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 the direction that we want this program to go to, go to. No doubt, the bar has been raised. The Rambler the Rambler Revolution is on. <laughs> uh, you guys are now with the big win over Northern Iowa, one game out of first, heading uh, with four games left. Tell me about just how you feel your team is at. Like, is, you know, the the momentum or the place where your team is at right now. I mean, obviously, beating that that beating Northern Iowa that was a must win for us. Um, and I feel like everybody's in, everybody's really confident right now. Um, you know, hopefully going forward, we can win out these next four games and, you know, whatever happens, whatever happens. But I feel like we're, we feel good about where the position that we're in right now. I mean, we're still in it. We're still competing for that championship. So, um, as long as we do our part, that's all we can, that's all we can focus on. It's just, it's just our part. So we're going to get after it. We're going to do whatever we can to be Illinois state tomorrow. And, um, that's that's where our focus is. So you and uh, Crutwig have been there since the final four year, and he obviously came into the season as the preseason uh, player of the year in the mm-hmm. league. Take us behind the curtain a little bit. Tell us what kind of guy Cameron Crutwig is. <laughs> uh, well, fun fact: Cameron is my uh, is my roommate. So <laughs> um, behind the curtain, Crutwig is a great guy. For, first of all, Crutwig is one of the best teammates I've ever had. Um, he's funny. He's, uh, always got a lot of energy to him. Um, when he's not playing basketball, he's probably playing Madden or studying, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, he's, he's, he's just a, he's a good teammate. He's a good locker room guy. Um, and yeah, he, he, you should hear him while I'm in the other room and he's playing Madden and he, it's like, he's playing in the final four. Like he, <laughs> he, he really gets into these Madden, these, these Madden games. Like, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's a little bit of crap for you. He's had a terrific year. And, uh, yes. as we mentioned, you guys are, are battling for the top spot in the league. Take me, uh, give me, uh, one or two things that are, man, this is what I have learned from coach Moser. 
about basketball, about life, whatever. Give me a couple of uh, things that, and you, when you sit back and think about Porter Moser, what what are the things you've gleaned? Oh man, I mean, there are so there are so many things that I've learned from Coach Moser, and there are so many things that like I can pick and and say he taught me this about basketball, but like it has it has to be attributed. It can be attributed to life, business, whatever, whatever, whatever field I want to go into. Um, one thing. One thing that I always say in my head is um, one quote that he always says is, I'm going to make sure I get this right. Um, um, how you think is how you feel. How you feel is how you act and how you act defines you. Wow. Um, that's my, that's my all time favorite quote. I mean, cause it all starts from where you think, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, how you think is how you feel. Now, like I tell myself, I feel good and you know, I feel good. And then how you act defines you. And that's, that's, that's your character. That's, that's everything, you know, that, that you are. And, um, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is, um, just PMA, positive mental attitude, whatever, whatever life throws at you, you always got to have a positive mental attitude. He always, one of the, one of my things that I admire about him is, is whenever he tells a story about how he got fired from Illinois state and then he came here and then he had to basically start all over again. And now he's changed this program into what it is now. So, I mean, he was at the lowest of lows, and now he he was at the highest of highs, and now we're trying to get back up there. So, I mean, just having that positive mental attitude. I mean, you you probably know him. You know the energy that he brings every day to into a room. So, I mean, I try to emulate that as best as possible. And those those are just a few of like the hundreds of things that I've learned. From from Coach Moses. That's spectacular. <laughs> uh, you have a long way to go. I mean, you still have a whole other season out in mm-hmm. front of you, but you're studying what, and what are the hopes down the road for you? Um, I have a major, journalism major, Spanish minor, and management minor. Wow. Um, um, Why the Spanish? Span- uh, well, I've been studying Spanish for, I studied four years of Spanish in high school. Gotcha. And then so I just kind of put it in my head that, you know, I've been studying Spanish for almost my entire life, so I might as well pursue a minor in it and try to get um, fluent. Um, and then I backed it up with uh, with a management minor, something solid, something that I could um, potentially pursue. Um But yeah, I don't I don't really know exactly what the future holds. I mean, I I like my major. I like um, being able to tell stories, but I don't know what exact um, field of journalism, whether it be sports, whether it be po- politics, whether it be whatever it may be. Um, but I really like my minor. I really like my management minor. That has a lot to do with like leadership and business, and and something that I can apply to the basketball court also, like learning how to lead people. And then, um, yeah, I like I like speaking. I can speak a little bit of Spanish here and there. So. Um, yeah, but I don't know what, what the future might hold. <laughs> it's very interesting. You are one of the elite defenders in the league, and you talked about having to be tough and, and play defense in at Whitney Young. Um, but defense is about technique for sure, but it's about yeah. effort. And, yeah. and that's something you have to bring all the time. How do you get yourself really ready and geared up to, to bring the defensive effort for 40 minutes? Well, I know that I'm at my best when I'm playing my best defense. I mean, whatever, whatever, like happens on the offensive end. Like I know that I can always fall back on my defense. Like, 
Um, whether I'm hitting shots, whether I'm making shots, like I got to make sure that I'm doing what I can to make sure our team wins. So um, defensively, because if I'm not making shots offensively, like I got guys, like I got Tate Hall, I got Crutwick, I got you know here, I got uh, Marquise Kennedy, you know I got help on it on it on on the offensive end, on the defensive end. That's something that I take pride in, and that's something that I I want to be um, the leader on our team in is like oh like man, look at Lucas's effort. Look at Lucas's energy on defense. Like I gotta I I want to be able to inspire and light a fire under under our guys defensively, and that's ultimately what helps our team win at the end of the day. You guys are always good defensively, and I was talking to Porter yesterday. I think I think five of your guys, four or five of your guys, are in the top ten in the league in steals. I mean, really? And I and I said that to him, and he said, "Yeah, we don't even really emphasize steals." And he said, "But yeah, we all just they all just get some, you know." And, yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, that's rubbed off on your teammates. I mean, the thing we don't emphasize steals at all. Like I've never even heard steals come out of his mouth, but he emphasizes active hands active hands and, and, and pressure um, in the half court. So what ends up happening is we start getting deflections. We start getting um, a few crazy passes, you know, and um, and that's that's what ends up happening is we ended up getting, getting those steals and getting those loose balls. And we talk a lot about 50-50 balls and winning the 50-50 war. Um, so it's like a game within a game. We don't talk about the big thing, which is the steals, but we do talk about like pressure and, and, and high hands and, and active hands and, and all that, all, all the smaller things that add up into those steals that you probably see. Before I let you go, break down the game between uh, yourselves and Illinois State on Wednesday. Obviously, you get to play at Gentile. That's an advantage, but uh, you've played the Redbirds earlier. Tell me a little bit about your matchup with those guys. Um, well, I know they get they get up and down the floor. They like to score in transition. So, like a lot of teams in the league this year, we got to slow them down in transition and make them play half court, half court offense because our half court defense is, is really really good. Um, we got to slow down Copeland. Um, he's one of the best scorers in the league, and um, they like to shoot a lot of threes. So we're gonna have to close out a lot. We like to we ice ball screens, so we're gonna have to have really active hands in those ices and make those skips a little bit higher so we can help out our our help defense to get to get to those closeouts. Um, but ultimately it's just going to come down to like, who's, who's playing the hardest and who, who really wants to win the most. And, and hopefully that's going to be us tomorrow. Four games left, then Arch Madness, then hopefully the NCAA tournament. I mean, you've got a, little, a lot sure. still going on the rest of this year. Uh, I just wish you the best and really appreciate <laughs> you. your time, uh, today, uh, because we like, uh, we 24 guys have to stick together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I always. I always think it's so funny how the Valley always comes down to like the last two games. Like there's, there's never, at least in my collegiate, collegiate right. career, there's never been like a, like a team that's like, Oh yeah, we got, we got this in the bag, you know? Exactly right. It's a tough, tough league. Lucas, we appreciate your time. We wish you the best and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you've been Thank listening. you for having me. Sure thing. You've been listening to the Valley Hoops Insider Podcast with our guest, Lucas Williamson, the outstanding guard from the Loyola Ramblers.